0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your hosts, Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder, here on the Segal Network, NahumSegal.com, and around the world in Rucheva Sheva, Israel National News slash radio. And Phil, it's that time of year that we get to unpack the election and you get to gloat and dance on the Republican grave. So... Phil, go ahead, gloat away. What are you talking about,
1: Michael? You know, this is just an election, and uh, and the
0: people have spoken. Elections have consequences.
1: Uh, people have spoken. You know, look, we're we're going to get into this, and we'll start. You know, we'll start from the top down, but across the board, whether it was local elections here in New York. Uh, whether it was uh, races in New Jersey or in Virginia, the Democrats ran away with it. Now, I'm going to gloat for a moment. You know? Yes,
0: as you should. This is... I. But I you, should, you see, it's funny because, you know, if we talk about... I'm not exactly an identifiable fan of our president. No, no, understand.
1: Okay. But this is the full-on Trump effect. I mean, you're oh, seeing yes. what, what
0: we have been talking about for, for the
1: last year, you know, maybe a little bit less than a year, is that, you know... This race is a bellwether. This race is a bellwether. I think now is the time where it's been a year since uh, President Trump has taken office. We had races where there was a lot of mixed turf, right? Virginia is a purple state, right? It's gone both back and forth. You have areas like Westchester County, like Nassau County, which you know, is really sort of a lot of independent voters, right? Registration, I think, outweighs to the to the Democrats, but... Yeah, but by really, about 60,000. Yeah, but, but, but arguably, it's a very sort of middle-of-the-road sort of...
0: Which Republicans usually win in off years. Which
1: Republicans usually have a tremendous advantage, and we did not see that anywhere, right? And nowhere in the country did the Republicans hold their own, and I think a big part of that is not, and I'll be the first to admit it, and I know we're going to talk about this a bit more as the show goes on, it wasn't because of some masterful Democratic messaging in any way, shape, or form this was just people who are frustrated people who are don't like the process they don't like the way this country is headed and they don't like the president and the republican party i think you're seeing that more and more that there's a people are running away from the president trump message and interestingly enough and we can get right into this you know and we'll save some gloating i'll spread it out over the course of the show Look, we did have a great day on Tuesday, but you take a look at um, at the president, who over the last few days, or I said the days leading up to the election, was talking about Ed Gillespie, Ed Gillespie, Ed Gillespie. He's the one, he's the one, and, and everybody has to go out and vote for Ed Gillespie. But not. it didn't take very long for Ed Gillespie to lose in the governor's race in Virginia for the president to say, well, clearly Ed Gillespie didn't jump on the full Trump train, right? He he didn't really embrace our policies and our and our agenda the way he should have, and that's why he lost
0: well, I, you know, let's let's step back for a second, and I think you're correct in assessing that this was a bloodbath. If you're a Republican, and you're thinking. How do I run in 2018? If you're in Congress, if you're thinking, okay, do I want to get in and run? And you're thinking, well, what does the political climate look like? This was really the first opportunity—a non-special election, a regular election. We've had a number of specials, and Republicans have been successful with those specials. But the Republicans mostly
1: try to use those specials to 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 show a a a trend.
0: But they've been mostly in very red districts. This is statewide. When you go statewide, you have to—it's a different electorate. Not statewide in Alabama, of course. And that actually—that general election actually has hasn't happened yet, uh, the statewide in Alabama. But in Virginia, as you said, Purple State. In New Jersey, a blue state. uh, Both cases, the Republicans, not just have a situation where the gubernatorial candidates got killed. But in Virginia, you had in the House of Delegates uh, the a, a Republican wipeout, so much so that they're in danger of losing the House of Delegates, which has been incredibly conservative Tea Party controlled. But the one interesting thing is Ed Gillespie, take him, he's an establishment Republican. He was way behind and chose, I think, to go hard right after to rally the base type of thing. But Ed Gillespie ran for Senate two years ago, two thousand four. sorry, three years ago in 2014. It's 2017 now. He ran three years ago, and he got within a percentage point. I mean, almost that it was, you know, he, he literally almost won. I mean, and then he decided to run for governor now, and he lost by nine points. And yes, he was way behind. Yes, he closed up. But the the ability of a Republican to win the state of Virginia— and certainly a southern state, lots of rural areas, the ability is, is definitely called into question right now whether they can put together the coalition to win those statewide races. And the other thing is, you know, I think is there's only one Trump, right? You can't They've, they've tried to kind of clone him, right, right. To, you know, to other people to run as Trump, uh, but nobody else seems to be able to run as and him. And this
1: is the problem, right? When, when the president is polling at 37%, there's no coattails. There's no coattails for down-ballot ba- elections, right? right? Every member of Congress can't run across the nation. They just can't. They have to run in their specific districts. And in their districts, right, unfortunate for the Republican Congress members... They're 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 sort of tying their coattails to a man who doesn't have great approval ratings, probably in their district. And you're seeing it. And yesterday was the first example since this president's taken office. Yesterday was the actual first example where we can take a look at the Trump effect and and what it's going to mean. More importantly, on on Wednesday, I had the opportunity. I was actually in Washington, and I had a chance to talk to a lot of Republican members off the record, who actually were concerned. People, of course, they're concerned. They were concerned. Of course, they're How concerned. How are they going to run? I'll, what, I'll what, give you a I'll message? give
0: you a stat just from the Virginia race, right? So. 47% of Virginia voters strongly disapproved of Trump, and 95% of their votes went to Northern. Okay, so that... The people who reported Trump as a factor in their vote were twice as likely to vote for Northam. Now, we only get exit polls, of course, in statewide races. You don't right. get them in local races, so we're not going to have them in New York for these, but college-educated white voters who used to be a suburban base for Republicans, the soccer moms and and, and the like, okay? Gillespie won those po- voters by 10 points in 2014 when he ran for Senate, but Trump won them by 4 points in 2016, but this year they vote for Northam by 3 points, which is a which is a huge swing if you're a republican you got to figure out how to get to 51 you got to figure out how to win and if you're going to lose three four points with your base you're in an evenly matched state you're not going to get there
1: and gillespie tried to you know didn't really embrace the full trump message i think actually president trump was right he didn't and, and gillespie i think was smart about that because i think if he would have embraced the full-on president trump persona i think he would have got lost by by a lot more i think the margin would have been larger i think he tried to sort of cut it down the middle yeah, he definitely
0: tried to thread the needle yeah. uh,
1: he tried to thread the needle and it, it clearly just wasn't enough and it didn't work and even though he did make up some ground there's no question that he made up some ground in the last couple of weeks but i want to be clear by the way because the democratic candidate northam northam yeah northam wasn't a great candidate i mean if you hear him speak i mean it's it's like, it's like watching water boil. I mean, he is, he's not a dynamic, exciting, enthusiastic candidate. He just isn't. And so, and on top of that is that I don't think, and, and I think this is what a lot of the pundits were saying over the last couple of days, he didn't really have a central theme. There was no central message. There was no, you know, here's what the Democrats stand for. Interestingly enough, right, and and this is something that, that so many people have been talking about, the economy in in Virginia is actually really, really, really
0: great. The, the economy is great. I and mean, it's so like three percent unemployment. The
1: Democrats, I mean, should be should be jumping all over that. And it was not a central theme of the campaign. Just the opposite. I think President Trump was actually tweeting how like the economy of Virginia was 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 not doing so well, which is obviously factually incorrect, as we've come to know well, this shocking. president. As we've come to know it this president. So so the point is, is that like this was, this is interesting, right? Because if the Democrats can actually get together and come up with a real message. And and compound that a big with, with the it's a that, big no, if I, I said it. I did say if they can do it, because there's no question, as we've seen, and, and I don't know if we'll have time today, but the Donna Brazil and infighting within the Democratic Party. Michael, I brought it up. Donna Brazil and the Democratic infighting is just been
0: you're moderating your gloating. Yeah. It's good. I'm, That's I'm, very I'm, impressive. I want you
1: to recognize that I'm I'm not, you know, always too far to the left. But I think if the Democrats can come together with a concise message that um that is, is is positive and 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 something that they could sell to the American people combine that and compound that with the Trump effect I think that and, and I'm gonna say it once again I've said it before the Democrats are going to take the house now the Senate is still a very uphill, you know a very 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 uphill battle but I really believe that the the the, the Democrats are going to take the house and you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of flipping come in uh, 2018
0: well Republicans are faced with three choices right now if you're in the house and you're one of those did digit- Districts. Remember, there are 21 districts, I think, 21 districts that are held by Republicans that Hillary Clinton won in 2016. That means they didn't even go for Trump. So you don't have to figure out how. So how do you deal with the president? Do you run with him? He's deeply unpopular. Do you run against him? That'll hurt you potentially with with Republican based voters. Or do you just retire? And increasingly, a lot of Republicans and are deciding that, more and more that they're just more right. They, you're just going to retire. I mean, the interesting. I'll just give you two quotes because I think that this is, these are very instructive. One is from Charlie Dent from Philadelphia. He's already decided he decided to retire a couple of weeks ago. Voters are taking out their anger at the president. The only way they can do that is by going after Republicans on the ballot. If that isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. And then there was also the retirement of Frank Lobiondo, who was a it New Jersey institution New Jersey. represents all the way south of a district in New Jersey, a kind of district that the Democrats have always wanted to take, but never been able to because of his popularity. And he just lamented the extreme polarization that existed that exists in Congress. Most of it, without saying the president's name, but basically saying that, and put a statement basically saying there is no longer middle ground to honestly debate issues and put forward solutions. And those who came, those of us who came to. Congress to change Washington for the better through good governance are now the outliers, and it was uh, it was more than that to that statement. But you know, Republicans are now trying to think, you know, where do we go from here?
1: Michael, I you know I'm going to go back to the gloating. We. I predicted this. We predicted this uh, eight, nine months
0: ago. Yeah, that we This we exactly
1: did. was going to happen, that it's only a well, matter the of thing. time. We can both quote on that. Yeah, we did. no, fair we, no, we, enough. We, we did
0: say there was eventually going to right? be, be a reckoning and be a referendum. There's going to be
1: a reckoning. It's going to come home to roost where all these policies and all the the tweeting and the stories and all the things that we have joked about over the last year are now going to not impact the president because he's not up for re-election for three years, but there are members of Congress who are who are up for election one year from this week. And they are in deep trouble. And if if, if anything too this- they can tell us,
0: we were right. We were absolutely correct. <laughs> It didn't, I don't feel that it was – I was that smart in me to have said that. I mean the, the bottom line is the president has been hovering you know, low 40s to high 30s, okay, and to going down to mid 30s in approval ratings. That is not a recipe to win co- competitive states. Yes, you can carry on and win certain states at certain districts at a time, and there's no question that that can be done. But that's not a strategy for governance of the country. Now let's take uh, – Go ahead. Michael,
1: I don't you know, I don't condone talking in shul, but I cannot wait to get to shul the Shabbos because I intend to talk a lot and
0: sort of You're going straight to the kiddish. I'm pub. going
1: straight to the kiddish and I'm gonna make sure that every person who has made any comment is gonna know what happened on Tuesday and what I think that's gonna mean for twenty eighteen. And quite frankly, I don't I, I hope they don't have a response because if they come back with, you know, some sort of tax plan that's gonna destroy New York and New Jersey and, and Connecticut and so many other states, I mean, that is just you know, I just don't see an upside here. Well, I, we're going to
0: have to see what happens there. But look, there are a lot of Republicans now, as as we said, making that choice, trying to figure out how to navigate and to get towards 2018 and try and, try and figure it out. And I don't know if people are going to start stampeding for the exits or, or people are going to change their strategy and, and figure it out. But if you're not going to win, if you're going to have such issues in the suburban counties in a lot of states, that's going to impact a lot. There are a lot of suburban Republicans uh, in in various places that are not only in districts that are tailor-made for them. I mean, just to give you some, you know, some of these counties which are, had been, have been Republican, okay, Uh, um, Loudoun County in Virginia, Trump lost by 17 points in 2016, Gillespie lost by 20 points, okay, Gillespie lost in Prince William and Henrico Counties, Um, Trump lost by 21 points and gillespie lost by 23 so that was um and he lost by 37 points in fairfax county so that's the dc suburbs
1: and you're seeing deeper losses and you're seeing Deep, a, 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 a more of a turnout from and the there Democrats just aren't store. enough people right. in
0: these rural counties to counteract that you can't you, you, what trump did was quite remarkable in many of these states in 2016 and i wonder whether we'll see it i mean and and it is a piece of political genius that they got immense turnout in rural areas okay in in areas that have that are low in population but they get incredible turnout while the urban turnout, while turnout in urban and suburban areas was actually lower in many cases uh, in the presidential year. And that's why, right, we talked about, I mean, months, months ago, like Milwaukee, when he went in Wisconsin, Milwaukee's turnout from 2000 to 2016 from 2012 was down about 50,000 votes. That would have counteracted all the votes that came out of the rural areas. But uh, we have to skip over, you know, we could go from New Jersey I'm mean, sorry. come from Virginia to New Jersey, uh, you know, as we come closer, these are the two gubernatorial matchups, and you know, it as we said, how low, how bad can the Chris Christie brand get? Who? And I hate to do it. I mean, Trump effect. I mean, this is the Christie effect. I mean, just an albatross around uh, his lieutenant governor, Kim Guadagno, who really ran away from him. But it's when you have the twin pieces of Chris Christie and Donald Trump weighing you down in a state like New Jersey, it's pretty much impossible. I've
1: got a chance to get to know Kim, and she's great. I mean, she is just, uh, she's, you know, she's uh, a qualified elected official who did a really good job of of representing the people of New Jersey as lieutenant governor, but quite frankly, she never stood a chance. Um, I mean, Chris Christie is going to go down as one of the most unpopular governors in in United States history when he leaves office. I mean, I think his polling numbers are at 13 or 14
0: percent. I mean, Think about that. It's the most unpopular of any elected official, I think, ever, statewide elected official in the history ever. of polling. Yeah, but it's but it's amazing when you think about it. You think New Jersey, okay, it's blue, it's impossible. But when you think back historically, right, you have Phil Murphy running, a Goldman Sachs, former Goldman Sachs executive. New Jerseyans were so ready to get rid of John Corzine, who was a Goldman Sachs, who was, a, a, by most counts, a terrible governor, and, you know, the idea of not being able to go after Phil Murphy as more of that same creation because your association with Chris Christie is so bad. I mean, that's, you know, so who knows? So, was that a Republican-Democrat thing or that was just unique to New Jersey? But, I'll say this.
1: I think if Christie were fifty polling 50%, 50-50, I mean, the Trump effect, I think, would have been more than enough to give Phil Murphy the win. But, like, with Chris Christie at 13%, 14%, and, and Kim essentially, like... I mean, she didn't know where to go. Like, like, who does she latch on to? Right. She can't talk about the president. She can't talk about her former, you know, her former governor. She served with him for a long time. You know, it's, she really never stood a chance, and, and you kind of feel bad, but um, I'm sure she'll do uh, some great things next. But I'm excited to, 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 to see uh, Phil Murphy and, and see how things uh, move for New Jersey.
0: Okay, well, on to New York State, that is, and lots of local races. Uh, the big shocker was Rob Astorino getting a thumping Something. In Westchester County. We talked okay?
1: last Thursday. I
0: thought Rob Astorino might pull it out. I thought it was going to weigh him down was the third-term-itis of the voters just being... This was more than that. I, what you had here was third-term, Trump... Uh, as well as the, the minor corruption scandal invi- involving Jonah Rechnitz and a and a Rolex watch. I mean, what about the terrible timing for Rob Estrino that a trial of corruption trial, which is really the centerpiece, was Bill De Blasio, and you were kind of a bit a supporting actor, if you will, in this trial. But on the day before the election, two days before the election, and it appears in the paper the day of the election, okay, that they come up with a check that he that Jonah Rechnitz wrote to the jeweler for Rob Astorino's watch. For six thousand uh, dollars, that's just the department of incredibly bad timing. Uh,
1: and here's the funniest part. I mean, uh, the centerpiece of the uh, the centerpiece of the trial was really Mayor Bill De Blasio, who won a resounding uh, you know resounding victory over. Well, Nicole we'll call Mallory that Thomas. as
0: we get to that. We'll probably call, I'm going to give you less than resounding as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, it depends who you ask. I mean, if you because ask the mayor, you if really... you ask Bill De Blasio, it was the best. It was the most historic. important historic victory by a progressive, almost, by, like, ever. almost
1: Trumpian, right? It was, it was the biggest. It, it was, was the biggest. Uh, election victory in this back the to Rob Astorino for a second was, I mean look we talked last week last Thursday we sat here and, and we talked about how we thought it was going to be a tight race and we can go either way I think you thought it was going to be Rob Astorino I thought it was going to be George Latimer um, you know, 49 percent, one way or
0: right. another. I mean, neither one of us thought it gonna be blown. Oh, this is this.
1: this these numbers I, were just. And I was watching the and Asher had
0: four million dollars to spend, and and Latimer yeah. was like barely a million. It was, and and uh, you know, and, and they and West they lost legislative and seats, right, and they, and they I mean, lost local races. And the negativity at, that over the last the, few weeks, you know, the, town, town, village races. The negative stories that have come out over la, in, with Latimer
1: over the last two weeks. He really pay his was, taxes. He got no, his car registry. Unpaid parking tickets. I, I've known like, and I, I think I said this last week. I I've known him for a long time. He's a he's Sloppy a record he's, a, he's a great elected official. He does a great job for the people he represents. He deserves this victory. I think we're all just kind of surprised. We're excited that he won, but we're all kind of surprised at, at the margins and 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 just for the poor showing of Rob Estorino. And yeah. I think the happiest person about the race, more than George Latimer, is is probably Andrew Cuomo, who's uh Likely not going to see Rob Astorino running against him for governor. Or well, again.
0: maybe he did want to see Rob Astorino running against him. Yeah, <laughs> good he did. point. Is but uh, certainly that's certainly that was an incredible margin. Now on to Nassau County, where we have to you know we have to say that uh, kudos to Laura Curran for a. I think what some people felt was a surprising win, but certainly a a very close win. Not a but surprise a to me, Michael. Now, of course, not a difficult win um, for a. Democrat in a year that in Nassau County, Republicans usually win, and it's coupled that with the uh, the definitely a surprise unseating of Tony Santino, the first time in 100 years that a Democrat has won the town supervisorship. Of the town of Hempstead, America's largest township. So together, it was definitely a Democratic win in Nassau County. Republicans held the legislature, so it's the divided government there. So it's not an altogether uh, uh, a wipeout like as it was in Westchester. But I will say this was definitely a a definitely a Trump effect in Nassau County uh, against the president.
1: Huge congratulations to Laura Curran, and look, she ran a great race. I think it was it was, you know, for the most part, I think it was. I mean, some of the races, and I know we're going to get to Brooklyn in a moment. For some of the races out there, it was a relatively clean race. I mean, I think they were both great candidates. I've I've known Jack for a long time. I've gotten a chance to know Laura. I think she's going to do an amazing job. I think she's the first woman elected uh, Nassau County executive. Um,. It's very exciting. I mean, she she first really,
0: Democrat other than Tom Suozzi in that's right. decades. She ran decades. a great
1: campaign, but more importantly, I think she brings to the county executive office sort of a really clean, fresh perspective. Someone who's going to really, I hope, sort of dig in and, and do a good job to get Nassau County back on track. I think we've had a rough we've had a, a rough eight years with uh, with Ed Mangano and and sort of finalized with the last year and the indictment and all the scandal and so on. And so to finally had to to have someone uh, like Laura in in uh, the county executive seat that can clean it up and uh, i give her a tremendous amount of credit this look it was a close race well let's see if race. let's
0: see if it can happen i mean certainly there's a lot of the county has a lot of problems one of the richest counties in the state and yet uh essentially bankrupt under a control board So, very very difficult race i mean we'll have to see if what are your takeaways you know you
1: know i thought it was interesting and, and maybe you can help me on this and i haven't had a chance of digging on the numbers yet but i was fascinated to see sort of democrats win all across the board I mean everywhere, and yet the county legislature didn't didn't flip. I mean, and there were certain county legislators in Nass- legislators in Nassau
0: that did. Well, one seat actually. The the, the Democrats what? gained one seat I, up in the northeast corner of the county.
1: I'm surprised we didn't see more, um, given sort of the numbers that the Democrats turned out. I'm surprised we didn't see a, a more of a flip in the uh, in the in the in the legislature. And so, uh, I thought that was interesting, but. Um, but well, um, but I'm look. I'm excited. The seats are
0: crafted very well for each side. The Democrats have have their very safe seats. The Republicans have their very safe seat, and that's you know that's kind of how the map is is drawn. Uh, you know, it's very uh American or New York esque in that way. If you're from so. the Five
1: Towns, everybody everybody in the Five Towns has heard of Tony Santino. He has been a And the five
0: towns has three legislative seats, a small area, you know, if you think about that, and that's, you know, a little bit of that reason, the five towns is divided into three different county legislative seats. For, for one is a very safe Democratic seat Two are, you know, one is a very safe Republican seat and the other one is a kind of a, a, a swing seat.
1: Maybe a gerrymandering could be the topic of a different show. Yes. It really well, explain to people what that all means and how that all happens. But I don't want to explain uh, to people how that happens. <laughs> Tony Santino has really been a fixer in the five towns. He's really been someone sure people have looked up to for a long time. And, and I give his opponent credit. But again, uh, you know, whether it's the credit of his, his, uh, his opponent. His
0: opponent raised uh, less than $100,000 uh, total. I've never heard of her. I, mean, I don't I, think. I, uh, I'm not sure she even spent all that money because it didn't seem like anything happened. It was definitely a referendum on Republicans on corruption, and you know, running as he's on the heels of Ed Mangano was very difficult. And Tony Santino had a very public feud with two Republicans on his board, and uh, one of them being a woman uh, that's the, the daughter of the very, very popular uh, U.S. Peter Congressman King. Peter King. And um, you know, perhaps you know, in in politics you have you know too many fights. It doesn't seem to happen for Donald Trump because he seems to be able to fight with everybody publicly. No, I'm just saying well, a, he's happy inter- to have his polling at thirty four percent. It's interesting, but you know, you pick a lot of public fights, the public doesn't like it so much. And I think the other thing is that all the meetings they're 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 broadcast and people watch them and they go on YouTube and people say, "Is this what you want to have happen at your meetings and craziness and yelling and screaming and talking over each other and cutting people off?" It, it's not a good look for government in general. I, you know, it's one of those things as 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 you well know as politician, pretend like you're always on camera because somebody probably is. Probably someone's <laughs> recording
1: you, and I've been in that position many times. And I just want to say, I know Laura's going to do a great job. Congratulations to her. And before we get to New York City and talk about the mayor's race, I want to just talk about you know the the. Weird trend in Nassau County. You saw so many Dems uh, taking out Republicans in the New York City Council. Most races, and there's two races I think of note, and, and we'll just start with this one before we roll into the, to the sure. longer conversation. Is that of Councilman Liz Crowley, who was serving, uh, running for her third and final term, who is the cousin of you know Queens Democratic leader and and very very popular Congressman Joe Crowley of Queens. Um, his first cousin Liz Crowley, who was a City Councilman, actually. Is currently losing her election by 133 votes. It's gone to. It's going to the paper ballot. There's about a little over 400 paper ballots, but very, very, very likely that she is going to lose. Very difficult to, to overcome that. To a Republican well, not a re- in Queens, not a Republican, a Democrat who a Democrat ran on the Republican who line. Who
0: first ran on the who lost the Democratic primary, Bob Holden, the president of the Juniper valley civic association very powerful civic association right in the middle of queens this is formerly a republican seat right. it was held by tom agnabene for many years by dennis gallagher dennis after gallagher, that sure. and she won it because dennis gallagher actually went to jail uh if you if you recall so it's always a way that new york city you know kind of transitions their seats uh based on that but uh holden ran against but this was like a backlash over against the mayor the mayor did atrociously in that district i mean it's just unbelievable how bad his numbers were mostly because he wanted to uh cite a homeless shelter right in the district there and that was a tremendous backlash and you saw
1: we saw last year uh assembly when Mar- markey, markey lost got, in lost the primary just lost, exactly because of that lost her primary and now you're seeing another i you know you know it's hard to say but i think liz was generally well liked and and gone yeah. down because of very specific issues and i think you're right partly because of some of the mayor's policies and initiatives that he moved in that specific district. But, but uh, now there'll be two Republicans from Queens. And now Greens. there are two Republicans in Queens. My great, great friend, Councilman Eric Ulrich, somebody who I served was with. Was not for, a th- close race in the end. I uh, was not close at all. I uh, Probably
0: because of your endorsement.
1: That's exactly right. I endorsed him early. Look, Eric and I worked together very closely. I was the assembly person uh, in overlapping districts where he was the councilman. We worked literally hand in hand on every issue, whether it was hurricane recovery, um, whether it was transportation or infrastructure. Eric is... Is a a quality elected official who does an amazing job representing the people of Southern Queens and Rockaway, and I'm excited. I was excited to support him early. I see every every now and again I support Republicans. Well done. Uh, I was happy to support him early and so excited that he won. And, and, uh, and he deserves you, it. This
0: way you can gloat bipartisanly. I can gloat,
1: gloat bipartisan <laughs> gloating. And so which which leaves us all the way to the other world, other side of the world in Brooklyn. Yes. Where we had what some said was going to be a close race. I think you and I now we didn't think so. We thought it was going to be a blowout. Yes, it, we can both gloat about and this we one. We can both gloat that it was a blowout and rightfully so. I mean this 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 the race nastiest,
0: dirtiest race I it have. Was disgusting. It was a,
1: and we talked about this last week. It was a Chil HaShem. And quite frankly, you know what?
0: And it only got worse, actually, even after we talked about it.
1: It got we talked so about much it, worse. We talked about it last Thursday, and even over the weekend, it got worse. It got so much worse. And, and here's the thing. I mean, Kalman Jaeger is just a qualified, someone who's been in, around government, been in, in politics for a long, long time, but not just as an observer. <laughs> Someone who literally was willing to get his hands in the mix and get involved in in local issues, whether it was organizations, whether it was politics, whether it was the community board, whether it was his work for 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 a city council or the bar president. I mean, Common has been someone who's been also a staple in, in Brooklyn politics for a long, long time, who worked really, really hard to get where he was. Quite frankly, other candidates did not have the qualifications outside of of clearly what was not good enough name recognition to get him into the city council race so right. kudos to common yeager more than just because
0: he won because i think he won he ran like to the extent that he could yeah, yoni hiking got less than 30 percent of the vote you know and 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 i hate to say that's not even a moral victory as far as i'm concerned i mean you know you get less than five thousand votes um to common yeager is i think eleven thousand. it's just it's just a really an embarrassing number you know when you have to think about okay you, you're gonna win Um, And look, it's embarrassing for his father as well, politically. I mean, here you are, 35-year assemblyman, political heavyweight in the area, you run somebody, and that person doesn't, your son or not, um, that person, I mean, with the same last name, so you got the name recognition, on the ballot, and can't get... even, I mean, a respectable showing. This is, I hate to say it. I mean, I know people say, well, you got 30%, you got 5,000 votes. That's not a respectable showing in politics.
1: No, not even close. It's not like
0: people look to you and say, oh, he's a proven vote getter.
1: And interestingly enough, there was some who believe, some pundits who believe that like, oh, you know, Yoni is, is just running so he can come close to give himself some name recognition. So when his father decides to move on, he'd be the front runner to run for the assembly because he'd been someone who has, now he's been involved and he ran and so on. His name recognition would be higher. Just the opposite now. I think he's less likely to to be a front runner if if Dove were to move on and 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 his son
0: would seek his seat. I don't think he'll need to be a front runner. I think well, that only would be- because he can raise money. That the only reason that and it, that he could. Pretty much do anything. You
1: know, look, a lot of people believe you run for office even though you know you're going to lose just to build name recognition to, to get out there. But I think this this race did just the opposite. I think really this was an embarrassment for the hiking family. I think Yoni. I think which turned into embarrassment for the whole
0: community. Yeah, absolutely did. I think because he got written a, about everywhere. The nastiness campaign. of it. campaign.
1: It was really just disgusting. It was a tremendous chel Hashem, and I'm I i could not be more excited for Kalman. He's going to do a great job. He is a walking, talking, breathing kid of Hashem. I think he's going to do an amazing job. And by the way, we didn't say this. Congratulations, David Greenfield, because I think look, he was a big part of this. He served the community uh, very, very well, and uh, I think his successor is is now going to continue in some of that great work, which takes us right... To the
0: mayor of New York City. So, so the mayor of New York City Mary Bill de Blasio uh, de- definitely convincing and what he would call a progressive mandate for this but you know in the end there are 4.6 million active voters in New York City and 1 million voted in this election and 726,000 of those voted for Mayor de Blasio now I understand that the race well, wasn't competitive, this, that he lost, he lost wide swaths of the city, you know, election district, he lost Staten Island, Nicole Nali Takis won at 70%, uh, she won almost all of southern Brooklyn. She pretty much won all of the Orthodox areas, uh, Flatbush Borough Park, Hugh Gardens Hills, Rockaway. Uh, all these places where they're, you know, we'll, we'll make a judgment about that. You know, the race isn't close, so people can protest de Blasio. They don't, they don't want to register a protest, but not, you know, it, it's a showing. And, but, you know, he, he it's 8.5% of voters came to support the mayor. You know, it says more about voter apathy than it does about the incredible appeal of, the mayor, of mayor de Blasio. Yeah. Look, I. The last I, word, please. No,
1: I've said this a number of times. I think the mayor has done a good job. I think he deserved another four years. But I, I do agree. I don't think there's any specific mandate. I think uh, the numbers were okay. I mean, he he won handily. Yep. But I don't, you don't know, think that's telling. And I think he'll continue to do what he's done. I think. Look, I do believe he's 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 a bit ideological for my taste, but I think he's done a generally good job. And and you're right, though. Yeah,
0: he's benefited from that, and I think that's a big reason why nobody formidable really ran against him. Uh, you know, Nicole ran a respectable campaign, and I think that that you know unfortunately says a lot about our politics that there nobody it's not in the city doesn't have competitive races
1: final word i mean bo didle the one percenter less literally less than one percent what a-
0: he made a clown he made a he made a clown show out of the whole thing and that's it for this week thanks for joining us here on the spin class here on the Docum seal network stay tuned for jew in the city speaks with allison josephs